Hey, peace and blessings to you. My name is Jerry B. I am the entree musician and so are you. And so is this young brother that we are presenting on the podcast today. I'm telling you, he is a powerhouse vocalist who has worked with Michael Bolton, Natalie Cole, Michael Jackson, Shaka Khan, Whitney Houston, Rod Stewart, Diana Ross, Celine Dion. Where does it stop? I mean, he's worked with super producers, Quincy Jones, David Foster. And as as he is as much a powerful vocalist, he's also a dynamic songwriter, writing songs for none other than Earth, Wind & Fire, Will Downing, Tevin Campbell, The Manhattans, and let me tell you, Anastasia's single, Not That Kind, co-written by this brother right here, has sold 10 million copies. Who is he? He is Will Wheaton. It's my pleasure, my honor to have him on the podcast today. Brother Wheaton, blessings to you, man. Blessings right back to you, brother. I am happy to be here, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out who I am as well. Because after you read all that, I'm like, wow, is that me? <laughs> what an impressive resume, man. But resumes don't write themselves. And so you have grown up in, uh, and I, I believe still reside in Los Angeles, California. You got to tell true. us about the formative years, man, that set you on the path, brother. Well, you know, I I, I started singing at a really early age. My, my mom actually tricked me into singing by um, letting me drive the car. So, because she, she knew I was a car freak. So like, I tell you what, you go to choir rehearsal, you can drive, the, you can, I'll teach you how to drive after choir rehearsal. So I bit, I'm like, I'm in. Well, the interesting thing is once I got into choir rehearsal and once once I was offered the ability to do a solo, I didn't need to drive anymore. I was, because I was bit by, by the, the, the bug that is music. And that started it. From there, I um, actually got into a band which was formed by one of the members of my church. It was a band called Freefall. And we got in there and, and you know started performing and started started playing out and, and, and doing stuff. And then I actually wound up uh, leaving Freefall and starting to do my own shows around LA, and, you know, make some noise. And it, 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 there was a point where we were doing literally sold out shows and I was playing nothing but original music, which mm-hmm. was interesting because most people weren't weren't doing that. We were playing a, a, a club called At My Place, which was at that time the place in the city to play. And uh, you had people like Carl Anderson and the Rippingtons and, um, oh, what's her name? What's her name? What's her name? Um, Anyway, a lot of people that you that 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 you know now um, that were, were were playing at, at my place. At my place was a cool club that was run by a guy named Matt Kramer, who is still around. Uh, but you know, doing that, and and then I started actually working with my cousin Jean Karn. We were she would play at different places around uh, here around here, and she actually called me one night and said, "Hey, can you come sing with me?" I'm like. Sure, no problem. <laughs> so I, I went and she was playing at a place called Concerts by the Sea, which at the time was a really big deal in, in, in the city. And um, as a result of that, I wound up getting asked to to start playing there as well. So that, that those were like the, 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 the formative years. Um, mm-hmm. And from then, I actually started meeting other singers 
And one particular singer said to me, have you ever done um, a jingle? And I'm like, what the hell's a jingle? <laughs> he basically said, dude, a commercial. I'm like, no. He goes, well, listen, I, I got a session tomorrow. I want you to come and be a part of it. So he called me on the session. And the session wound up being with a guy named Mark Mothersbaugh, who at the time uh, was doing a whole bunch, exactly, a whole bunch of uh, musical stuff in television. And he was also, as you said, the lead singer of Bebo. And so I... So he's right. Right, exactly, exactly, exactly. He is from the the great state of Ohio. So uh, I met Mark and then he, he wound up, he started calling me for a bunch of commercial stuff and, you know, just started doing that. And, you know, it was, it was, it was an interesting time because it was all pretty much just kind of like things just started happening. And, 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 you know, I, I wanted them to happen, but some of the, some of it I didn't search for just kind of all kind of fell into place, if you will. So those were the formative years of that, that kind of started it all. And then from there, I started doing sessions and records and and all that kind of stuff. And then that's when I met the people that you mentioned, Quincy Jones, David Foster. And I actually, I actually was one of David's artists. I was on his label. Uh, David had a a record label called one, four, three records and myself. um, I have to think Nita Whitaker, Suzette Charles, who was Miss America. Um, Joey Diggs, Warren Weeby, who has passed away, and myself were a were the members of a group that that David called Next Millennium. So we were going to be like the new '90s version of the Fifth Dimensions. All right, I and see. we didn't we did an entire record uh, for David's label. Unfortunately, the um, that year Atlantic allegedly signed too many, spent too much money on a Stone Temple Pilots record. And as a result, they didn't release our record. <laughs> and they dropped about a hundred acts, which I understand we were number 100. Uh, so that was that part of, of my life. But fortunately, I, I, I got a chance to do a lot of stuff with David. So I like um, Celine Dion's uh, Because You Love Me, um, Josh Gordon, he raised me up. I'm on those records, as, as well as a bunch of others, uh, just from 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 being being in his in his camp. So it was interesting. That was a formative, if you will. Understood. All, all from a dare to go to choir rehearsal, right? <laughs> oh no! All from all from being offered the ability to drive a car. That's what it was about. <laughs> well, so your mom singing was a byproduct. Yeah, I understand that. But your mom must have seen something in you prior to you getting your driver's license. So were you going around the house singing? Are you primarily vocalist first, then musician? Actually, actually, my my mom was a singer. She was she was not one who wanted to be in, 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 in the front, but she was definitely a singer and and because most of my family sings, I think she kind of she kind of figured it it, it might be possible. So she would actually sing stuff to me and make me sing it back. And I'm not thinking about it. I'm just doing, you know, what, what she told me to do. And as a result, um, I wind up at choir rehearsal. And I, once, once, I, once I got in, into the choir, the, the director asked me to sing a song. I think it was uh, a song from Godspell, uh, Day by Day. 
mm. was the was the song that she asked me to to lead and i did the solo and when i got finished with the solo the church stood up and that was the beginning of love that it just all went downhill from there because i was clown <laughs> for applause so that's what brings us here. <laughs> well, t tell me this: what uh, what sparked the uh, songwriting? You know, if you were singing, and uh, you know, um, when did you decide to sit down and say, you know, I've I've sang enough songs so I can do this? The interesting thing is, songwriting for me was born out of necessity. Yeah. Um, my voice. Most people have have always, you know, because I'm tall dude and I, I have a deep voice if you will most people have always compared me to people like luther and you know singers like that my voice is nowhere near as high as luther vandross's voice so i would get these songs from people and i'm like that's great but i can't sing it so do you have anything that i can sing <laughs> and and so i so you know as a result i started writing my own songs because i you know it, it was it, it needed to happen if if i was going to to do shows and then what continued it was once i started doing some shows and doing my songs and people were actually coming and and you know patronizing i'm like okay this this might have some legs we might be able to to, to do something one of the songs actually the song that that really made it happen was a song that i wrote called never meant to hurt you um and that song became such a popular song for me that I actually it was like my 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 show closer, and it was just amazing how many people resonated with that. I have people that that call me to this day who ask me about that song and ask me you, you know what if if I'm going to be playing it when I'm going to be playing it if they they'd like to hear it, you know. So, but but that's the, what started songwriting for me was I needed some songs that fit me and I. I, at the time, was the only person who really knew what I could do. So I'm like, well, hmm, here's an idea. Uh, but the, the cool thing is, that's actually kind of how the Will Downing thing happened. A uh, buddy of mine called me and said, hey, um, uh, he said, hey, I, I just found out that Will Downing's looking for a song. Do you, do you, you, you want to do some writing? I'm like, sure. So I go over, that Robert Palmer, who has recently passed away. Um, I go over and and we we lay this this I, I write the song while, while we're there and then we we lay it down and he literally sent it to Will that night and the next morning I get a phone call Will loves the song he's doing the song and which is literally probably to this day is the fastest placement I've ever received on, on an artist in my life overnight it was just incredible but. Again, songwriting for me was born out of necessity. I, I needed some songs that I could sing and, you know, that would fit my voice and what I do. So, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you mentioned the, the sound, the tone of your voice um, mm -hmm. with respect to Will Downing. That seems relative, but Tevin Campbell, um, mm -hmm. Earth, Wind & Fire, and you're redoing or have redone Michael's The Lady in My Life. So that those, how do you compensate for those registers? Well, Earth, Earth, Wind and Fire was interesting because um, a buddy of mine, a producer friend of mine and artist friend of mine, Scott Mayo, uh, was actually in Earth, Wind and Fire at the time. And he called, because he, he, okay, let me go back. Scott Mayo had produced most of my first records 
So he and I had had, had been had been working together, you know, on, on songs for, for years. So he called me when he said, listen, Maurice wants a song for, 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 for Earth, Wind, Fire. I've got this track. I want you to come in and check it out and, and, and see if we can do something with it. I'm sure, no problem. So we go over, we do it, and, and we, we, we demo it up. And we even uh, brought in uh, Fred White from, um, from, from, from Diana Ross's camp to, to help us with the, with the backgrounds. And it was, you know, it was just one of those things where we, we did it. We worked on it a couple of days. He, he sent it over. And the next thing I know, I'm finding out that, you know, they're doing it. And the interesting thing was to hear the difference between what we put together, which I thought was pretty slamming, to what Maurice White did to it. It, it was like, oh, that's what a producer does. Got it. Got it. Got it. I mean, you know, they, uh, the, the Earth, Wind & Fire, amazing. Which the other interesting piece is Earth, Wind & Fire and David Foster actually worked together a lot back in those days. Correct. So, wasn't surprising, but but it was it was just just interesting uh, to see and and hear. Well, let me ask this question about again songwriting with respect to writing for yourself and mm -hmm. writing for others. When you get the mm -hmm. call that Will is looking for a song or Earth, Wind, and Fire is looking for a song, what's your um, emotional and psychological approach to writing for? You know, you know, the interesting thing for me is songs kind of just come to me. I don't, I don't, it's, it's rare that I, that, that I get that call, but, but in those cases that, that, that that's what happened. Um, another story would be Anastasia, um, a buddy of mine, OG Pierce, who has passed away. OG Pierce was working with Anastasia. OG Pierce is the guy who did, this is how we do it with, with, with Montel Jordan. Um, and he was, he wound up producing Anastasia and he, he called me one day and said, listen, I got this, I got this girl. She's really kind of a, kind of a, kind of a funky kind of, kind of, kind of chicken. Um, you might want to, you might want to see if, if you have something. So at the time, young MC and I were doing a lot of writing together as well. So I called young and said, you know what? Let's come up with something that 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 might be good for this type of artist. We literally sat down for about twenty minutes, and the song came up. And he he always jokes that that we we then went to El Pollo Loco and had lunch. <laughs> that was kind of the end of it. But uh, but mo most of my songs actually are are thing, things that that happen to me. I, I can be driving, I can be doing anything, and all of a sudden this melody will come to me, and I have to come to me, and I'll have to you know call my phone and record it or, or do, do do whatever has to happen for me to get it down so that I don't forget it. And then I'll you know either take it to a to a, a co-writer, and in, in, in some cases I'll come home and plunk it out on the piano myself, and you know make it that typically the the ones I'll say it like this the one that the ones that come to me are typically for me which is interesting but but it's kind of how it works for other artists it's typically it's born out of okay this artist needs this or something like this and you know and, and we, we 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 put something together so that's that's kind of how songwriting works with me and or for me well you you have to uh share you don't have to, but we would like mm -hmm. you to sure. share a Michael Jackson story because how how can you work with someone you know of the level of a Michael Jackson and and not bring an experience behind it? What can you share? 
my favorite Michael Jackson story, well, my only Michael Jackson story, I, I think I have a favorite one, but my only Michael Jackson story is I got called um, to put together some singers for a project that he was doing called We Be Ballin', which was a song for the NBA. And I'm like, okay. So we, you know, I called a couple singers, we, we went in. I'm thinking we're just gonna lay down, you know, some some vocals to to what's there and that's pretty much how we started we were singing and doing our thing and all of a sudden now the interesting thing was the control room was completely dark i could hear the, the engineer talking to me but we could see no one so we're in there singing and um and you know just trying to figure out flush out some ideas and figure out what's what and i finally hear excuse me will and i'm like yeah, this is Will. He goes, I like what you're doing. And I'm like, oh my God, it's Michael Jackson. <laughs> and, he, and he starts talking to me. And, but I couldn't see him. So it was, I, I'm like, okay, are you actually here or are you somewhere else in the world listening to me? And about maybe 10 or 15 minutes later, he walks out. Wow. And he comes over and 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 shakes my hand. And I, I the sad part of, of of a lot of what I did back in the day was I wasn't a picture taker. Mm -hmm. So I have a bunch of memories that are just memories, but I, but that I have no like documentative proof of, because I I just I to me it was like you know rude. You don't you don't ask somebody can you take a picture now in the selfie age it's all you do. Sure, so sure. It's, it's, it was. It was interesting, but but that that was like amazing. But the, the coolest part was before he came out, there were a few things that he wanted and he sang to us what he wanted. And there were a couple times when he sang, I literally had to like catch myself. I'm like, that is Michael Jackson singing something that he wants you to sing right now. That it was it was nuts. But that's my only and and my and, and my, my my favorite Michael Jackson story. He was he was a class act. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. It's it's amazing. And I think the one thing that I don't know about you, I tried to do as much research as possible. You did a good amount. But what I what I don't know is are most of these working sessions with these great artists, are they studio sessions or are you going out on the road and you're performing and touring with them as well? I I, I have predominantly been a, a, a session singer. I, I haven't really toured much. I toured a little bit with Rod Stewart and and also I've done a, a great, great number of his records. And I also toured with an artist, a Japanese artist named Nami Emuro. And that was interesting because we were actually singing in Japanese. So that got real fun. But, uh, but yeah, for, for, for the most part, what I what I have done, my, the, the bulk of my career has been session singing, singing on, you know, records and movies and, and commercials and, and, and things, things of that nature. That's well, kind of been... one thing is really very cool is the fact that you sang the bass parts in the Temptations um, Miniseries. Miniseries, the, the episodes, which were, that was a dynamic story. I mean, you think you know the story of The Temptation, but the dramatization was very it powerful. Incredible. And, and the, the most amazing part of that was getting to hang with Smokey Robinson. 
and listening to him tell us some of the stories of what was going on during that time and 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 just you know giving us insight that that kind of helped make it even more authentic you know yeah. if, if, if you will and just just you know first of all he's a complete legend <laughs> and so just just the, the the fact that i'm sitting in a room with him and he's talking to me and telling me stories about this and and then complimenting me on stuff i'm doing is just it was amazing amazing smoky robinson is cool people and and that was that was actually a a, a really fun gig but that's the, the 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 kind of stuff i've done is you know stuff like that that's not, not so much tour stuff. I, I was always, you know, just kind of the, the, the in town call this dude guy. Mm -hmm. Well, you're in a, Which you know, cool. in the right place at the right time. I mean, so yeah, there's, yes, no, sir. <laughs> there's no regrets yes, sir. there, you know. Yes, sir. But I, you asked about the, um, the uh, Michael Jackson cover. Um, and that happened as a result of a TV show that I was on. Um, I, there was a, at this time in, in, in the nineties, there was a show on called star search yeah. and star search was a cool talent competition, but they were discovering that a lot of the people that won the competition weren't being taken seriously as artists. And so they wanted, they wanted to do something to kind of fix that. So the thought was, we'll create a show where the artists actually, actually get put into their field of choice. So as opposed to, you know, have, having a, a, a singer win Star Search, and then they possibly get to go to Vegas or do whatever, we'll actually have them, you know, get record deals. And this show was actually the genesis of what you now know as American Idol and The Voice and all those shows. That show was created, the show was called uh, the USA Music Challenge. It only aired one, one year and it was created by Dick Clark. And he auditioned 3,000 singers, I believe it was, three, well, 3,000 artists because there were a few different categories. And I was number 3,000. And I went and I actually did my audition singing the song I mentioned, Never Meant to Hurt You. Because uh, I figured, okay, if they want artists, then they, they want to hear artist material. So I, I did, I did never meant to hurt you for for the audition. Um, I did the audition, and you know there were a bunch of other singers there that I knew, and I, I thought to myself, yeah, there's no way in the world I'm going to be on that show because they had some great talent. They don't need me. Um, a couple of days later, I get a call from my agent. Hey, guess what? You got the show. So in the in the getting of, of, of the show, I started thinking, how am I going to set myself apart? What am I going to do? So I wound up choosing a Michael Jackson song, which is the lady of my life. And I sang the song on the show and subsequently won the show. And the, the interesting part was we, we, we did the show and I, so, so in, in winning the show, I won a record deal on, on MCA Records. The problem was I, when I landed at, at MCA, wound up in the middle of a dispute that had nothing to do with me, but I became collateral damage in that dispute. And so it, we, we, we went in, started recording. They, they hooked me up with a producer who is, who is a friend to this day. 
and we started turning it around and we, we got it turned around to because what you what you win and even even today what you win on tv is typically a boilerplate contract it's 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 nothing specific because they don't they don't know they, they can't control who, who's going to win allegedly so <laughs> you know it's it's very simple and right. so my, when i gave it to my attorney he said listen you, you're gonna have to show them that you're really an artist that you can really do this so they hit me up with the producer we start recording we start you know showing them you know what i'm capable of and the head of a r is like i'm in cool Forget the contest winner deal. We're gonna do a full album. This is this is what I need from you. Bring me this. Bring me that. We'll you know we'll we'll, we'll get rocking. Well, those that were not in his corner decided, if you green light this, we're gonna make it a problem. And so what wound up happening was I wound up just ultimately being told either you take the the contest winner deal or you get nothing. And he kept saying hey just sign it just sign it just sign it i'll make it happen don't worry but you know again in business you have what's on what's on paper and if what's on paper is nothing then that's what you got <laughs> so so it was yeah yeah it was it was a very difficult decision but it was it actually wound up being something that i had to to ultimately walk away from because i couldn't get you know what I what needed to to be well well what what we felt was was fair, and you know but they held they upheld their contractual obligation which was here's your record deal if you want it take it, and I mean the interesting part of it man was even Dick Clark called them and said if you just release it I promise you I will make sure it, it's it's heard and I'll do everything in, in my power to make it you know what it needs to be but. I was collateral damage, and that was probably the most unfun moment in, in, in music for me. Largely because, you know, the whole country had watched me win this thing. It was waiting on something, and I couldn't deliver it. So that's, that's how the, the, the Lady of My Life happened, and then the, the subsequent release of it 30 years later happened because I posted about the anniversary of the show, which was June, June 2nd, 1992. I posted back in 22. I was like, hey, 30 years ago, this is what I was doing. And a lot of people were like, we didn't even know you did this. What what happened? How did, you know? So it, it's, it begat this whole conversation of this is what happened, da, 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 da. And then I just finally decided to, to release the single. And to my surprise, people really dug it, so. That's that. That's kind of how all, all, all that came to be. Would you count that experience as one of the most important lessons you've learned? If not, is there another more important lesson that you've learned uh, in this business and you know, your time in it? The, in the interesting thing for me is the most important lesson that I have continued to learn in this business is own what you create hmm. and make sure that you have control of it because in the absence of that you don't really have anything and the the, the unfortunate you know the, the, I look at at some of these artists who have they've, they've had had great careers but you know if if you wind up doing a record that doesn't do well and and a, a, a label has paid for it they own that bastard and you really can't do anything with it 
until you recoup or, or, you know, or, 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 or unless something amazing happens that, that allows you to, to, to recoup and then you can, you know, go, go on and, and, and use it. But then I look at artists like David Bowie who owned his masters and his, owned his masters since he started. And even after he got done singing, David Bowie was licensing his masters and, you know, doing his thing and, and making a fortune off of what he created. Certainly. So it comes down to ownership is absolutely everything. Yes, sir. So that's, that's the lesson that, that I, that's, that's my, my, my takeaway from all of it. Own what you create. That's if you don't, excellent. somebody else will, and you won't have, you may not have the ability to, to take advantage of it. Definitely. You know, people could not understand the reason why the great late prince painted that slave on his face, you know, but he was really making a point in the moves that he made after the tryst with Warner Brothers were dynamic in the way that he marketed and distributed yes, his own music. It's just a lesson sir. for all of us. You know what I mean? Because it, it's, it's, it's the absolute truth. If you don't have control of the wheel, somebody else does. That's correct. And, you know, it's, it's, a, but it, the, the unfortunate part is the business preys on people who don't really know, who don't really understand business. I, I, I'll say it, I'll say it that way. I always say I'm a businessman who sings and which is, is, is you know, it, it, it's what it is in, in, in its own right. But the true artists, most true artists just want to sing. They, 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 they want to create. And I totally get that. But when you create, you should still be able to eat. You should still be able to pay your light bills and your and your mortgage and your rent or, you know, whatever. And, and unfortunately, the way this business is designed, it's not designed for you. It's designed to keep you on the road or to keep you out doing whatever you can do to eat. Because it's not going to come from, from, from what you create unless you own it. That's absolutely right. Well, that's why we created the Entree Musician. This you have to be mm -hmm. entrepreneurial. You have to have your mm -hmm. business sense together, because mm -hmm. you know that's the that's the whole thing, man. Give me a pair of drumsticks, I'll play the drums all day. But you know what happens? <laughs> what happens when you have to make a sandwich? Right. <laughs> when you have to make a sandwich and, and try to find some meat to put on it. <laughs> Exactly. So you you wise up very you know a, a couple nights of starving you you try to figure it out man like yeah. <laughs> my 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 dad was probably the person who started me paying attention to to the the, the finance of 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 entertainment. I was um I I got to the place at my church where anytime somebody got married I was I was the one they called to sing at the weddings and you know all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I, for me, I was just, you know, happy somebody thought enough of me to, to, to want me to do it. So I came home one day and, I, and, and my dad said to me, what are you charging to sing at those weddings? And I'm like, oh, dad, I, I don't know. You know, whatever people, you know, have it. The love offering. He said to me, and I will never forget, he said, if people ain't got no money, they shouldn't be getting married. So... <laughs> So next time you do a wedding, you make sure you're charging something that makes sense and, 
and and get paid. And so the next time somebody called me, you know, instead of saying, oh, just give me whatever, I gave them a, you know, a number. And to my surprise, they didn't bark at it. They were like, oh, cool, okay. And I was like, well, that was easy. <laughs> so as I began to do it, the, you know, the, the, the number began to climb and it, 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 it you know, it, it wasn't a thing. And, and but the, the, it was a great lesson in that, you know, you, you, you get what you, what you ask for. Absolutely. And if you, if you put it out there and if people see the value in it, they will pay it. That's absolutely so, right. Absolutely you know that he, he he was my 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 first lesson in getting paid it's like okay got it we won't learn that again we'll just we'll we'll, we'll keep on going from here yeah absolutely well there's there's two you know um statements or you know questions even that i could ask on it and sure. not to go too deep down the street but the one thing that uh most singers, as you know, you stated in your formative story, come from church, most musicians, most people who are doing it well. But there are some times where, you know, as we've grown up as church musicians, church vocalists, mm -hmm. uh, there can be a culture that you're doing it because you're doing it as unto the Lord, which of course you are. But, you know, right. the culture can be a little manipulative that that means that you don't get paid because you're doing it because he gave you the gift. Yep. You know, it feeds, you know, we, we don't want to have to spend a lot of time on that, but you understand what I'm saying. I do. We all had to wise up. I mean, there's some, there's some videos that are even out now about should church musicians get paid for the service that they perform and <clears throat> excuse me, everyone else does who, you know, participates in the service. You know, and so <laughs> what I, what I always say is this. You don't ask the computer programmer if they should be paid for doing doing what, what, what they do. You don't ask an attorney that. You don't ask a doctor that. But anytime somebody has a musical talent or or a or an entertainment-based talent, it should be it should be bequeathed and or and or gifted to, to everybody. I just I don't understand the thinking. And I've never ever well. I, initially, I, I I was probably probably a a victim of that of that conversation of oh well you know the Lord gave you this this voice and blah 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 I'm like yeah but He also told me to be a good steward and <laughs> the only way I can do that is if I have something to steward so <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely correct. Absolutely. But then let's turn it on his ear, brother Will, you know, because it could be the same way in the secular world. I mean, you know, when I was just getting started, there was that huge word called exposure. You can play at this club, play at this venue, and there's going to be 100 people there and you will get exposure. There's going to be 500 people. And then, you know, what they, do? They, they, they don't call you back. You know, when you know, when we do this again next year, we, you know, you're going to be the one, free. right? <laughs> but they got another free band that's just waiting in the wings. You understand what I mean? Yes, I, listen, I've lived what you mean. I, <laughs> I, I, um, I, I was called to sing at, at, at a wedding. And the person asked me, what do you charge? And I told them whatever it was at the time. I can't remember. 
Yeah. And she's, you know, she literally was, oh my God. I'm, well, listen, Quincy Jones is going to be there. You definitely want to sing at this wedding. And I, <laughs> I'll never forget, I said to her, I said, I know him. I'll speak to him before or after I sing. But if I'm there, it will be because you paid me the fee that I just gave you. So <laughs> whichever one you decide, I'll, I said, but trust me, if I see Quincy, we will have a conversation and that will be good. <laughs> and as, as, as a friend of mine, Marvin Young, uh, Young MC says, expose me to a check. Come on, man. <laughs> Come like, on. That's exactly You're king correct. exposure. I need the check. Do you have the check? You got the check? We can, we can talk. So, it, you know, it's what it is. <laughs> And and you said something that made a lot of sense because I remember when we, you know, our, our band made our first real penny, you know, it was the first, mm -hmm. and it was easier than we thought because we had right. been scratching and not thinking, not placing the quality and value on ourselves. And then when we said, okay, we're going to step up and ask for this. Um, and they gave it to us and the right. deposit and everything right. was like right on. I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's like, man, right. he pulled out his ink pen really quick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So it's hard to go back then. It, it, it's impossible, really, really. It just becomes the new floor. You know what I mean? Exactly. That you stand on. Exactly. But but it, it all comes to the point where you finally get to the understanding of know your worth. That is correct. And be absolutely diligent in making sure that you get it. Yeah. Yes. Come, you know, good or bad. If, 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 Say, well, no, we, we're going to go with somebody else. Perfect. At the very least, you have set the expectation and people will know, hey, if we call these people, this is what it's going to cost. This is what it's going to take, you know, and but but it, that takes a moment to get to. And I completely understand, you know, when, when people have, have a problem with it, it's, especially, as I said, because most, in, in my opinion, most most creative people are are just about the art. Yes. And the, the, the money kind of in, 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 in most people's minds gets, gets in the way. But the, but the truth is, be it not for the ability to eat, you can't stand up and do, <laughs> do anything. So it's like, we got to eat, right? Okay, if you want me to show up and, and, and look like I'm somebody who can be somewhere. That is absolutely on point. You know, simple, but not easy. Not eating. Yeah, that's a motivation. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, yeah. sir. Well, I appreciate you yes, indulging me in that. I didn't mean to go down that street, but no, yeah. like I said, I live what you're doing. Because <laughs> everybody, it's they they'll spend a fortune on the on the on the venue. They'll spend a fortune on food. They'll spend a fortune on on, on what they're wearing. But when it gets to the entertainment, everybody wants to come up with, oh man, if you could, if you guys could just do this, man. Listen, the people that are going to see you. It's going to be amazing. Great. Well, let's let's amaze them with with what you paid me. The whole spiel. <laughs> exactly. I agree. <laughs> I agree with that wholeheartedly. It's a job. Let, let me ask you this. Uh, sure. With respect to the artists that you worked with again um, mm -hmm. and being a, a, a session vocalist, Mm -hmm. There's some commonalities that uh, go with the recording studio, go with the production, go with the style of the producer and whatnot. But 
Have you noticed commonalities between, say, a Michael Bolton and a um, Celine Dion uh, or a Coolio as opposed to Rod Stewart? Are there commonalities that you can say, yes, they're different artists? A Whitney Houston, for example. Um, you know, I think I think the, the, the biggest commonality with all artists is that they just want their they, they want their music to, to get out there and be heard. And and they, they they want to be able to present the best representation of themselves that they that that they can. Um, I, I I you know it's 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 just like the, the the difference between you know different different races. At the end of the day, we pretty much all want the same thing. And mm -hmm. artists, I, I think I think it's it's no different. Everybody wants to you know do do a great song and then have people hear it and get it and 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 be able to to, to go out and, and and perform it wherever they can. And the, the way they arrive there, you know, might be might might vary. So you know, some may use this producer, some may some may not use a producer, you know, whatever. But I think I think the common goal for all is just exposure to. To their to their music and and the ability to to express their art form, I, that's 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 what I see as a as a as a commonality. Great answer, absolutely. What what would you um, attribute to be some of your greatest triumphs? You don't have to necessarily mention an artist, you know, just your own personal career or life in general. Um, what do you count? Okay. I think the greatest triumph for me was getting over not not sounding like everybody else because you know that there's there's the, the one thing about the the business is the business looks for what's happening or and or what happened i should say <laughs> you know if beyonce is happening go get me a beyonce go get me this go 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 get me that um in most cases because my voice was so different i didn't have that that thing that 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 that, that people people were, were looking for the interesting thing is um when when will downing showed up it was kind of a challenge because we have been pitted against each other as you know oh he sounds like will downing and i'm like not really because will Downing's a jazz singer i'm not a jazz singer i'm a soul singer um but other other than that in in most cases my voice was always, you know, just 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 kind of kind of different. But what I always had to do was push myself to know that and continue in spite of it. Until you know, and 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 the, the interesting thing was that the, I think the triumph for me was when I when I released something and people started to gravitate towards it. It was like, oh, okay, okay, so you do have something. You know, because no artist really knows whether whether they they will be accepted until they actually do something. So I I, I would guess in order, the way to answer your question is the triumph was feeling the fear and doing it anyway, mm. and and being you know being open to the possibility that this may or may not work, but I'm gonna put it out there and see what happens. And the, the, the blessing has been that people have, you know, received it. Did I want it to be, did I want to be a household name at one point? Absolutely, I did. I, I, that was my only mission in life. But I'm, 
ultimately, I'm 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 happy with with, with how things have, have have gone thus far. Do I see other stuff? Yeah, I do. But we'll we'll see what that is <laughs> in a minute. <laughs> Understood. Well, let's flip the coin then. What do you find to be uh, one of your greatest challenges, either that you've had to work to overcome or still that you find at this state in your career that you are, is still a challenge for you? Well, what's a challenge for me now is the way music has changed, the way, not music, the way the business has changed. Um, Elon Musk created Tesla. When Elon Musk created Tesla and it was successful, his life financially looked like he had created something that was a very successful thing. Streaming has turned music into almost a charity. <laughs> Just, it's, it's, I'm sorry, I can't say it any different, but it, it's no it other way to changed, say it. No it, it it's, say it. it's changed the the landscape you know and as as somebody who who lived during the time when when if you had something successful you you got paid for it i'm looking at folks you know millions and gazillion trillions of streams and they're getting money that's equivalent to being at el pollo loco i i know this to el pollo loco i love el pollo loco i support it i'm probably one of your main reasons you, you stay open but it, it's it's just it it doesn't make sense. And I, I saw something the other day that I I immediately put on my story. Snoop Dogg was was he was coming out saying, "What is going on? This math ain't mathing, and it's not. It doesn't. If if you look at what the average streaming royalty is, I'll, I'll give you my best example. YouTube streaming royalty is a sixteenth of a penny." Do we want to call that a royalty? I mean, should we? Uh, well, I, I call that? it an insult. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's it's a sixteenth of a penny. So if you think about that, you've got to get sixteen streams before you make one cent. Correct. Multiply that out, and the it it, it makes zero cents. Now, now YouTube YouTube doesn't have a subscription base so much, but but the streaming companies do. And you know, when, when Apple first came out with streaming, I tweeted them and said, please explain to me how you're gonna pay all those writers out of $9.99, because that's what that's what they started their, their streaming platform, I Apple Music with. Yes. Of course, I got no no response to that tweet, to that tweet, but I didn't expect a response. It, it was rhetorical. It's like you can't. There's no way on it. But the interesting thing is, think about it. These streaming platforms have millions of subscribers. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 million people paying nine. Now, now what is it? 1099, 1299, 1399 a month? Correct. That's a fortune. Where's the money? We don't get it. No, we don't. No, we don't. And and as a as a result, it's making creating music a challenge. Yes. Because again, Elon Musk created Tesla. Once the Tesla sold. His life looks like it. He is a billionaire. That is correct. That is correct. The folks that create the music that inspires the Elon Musk and the and the the, the Bill Gates and the we don't get a chance to eat from that same table, and I don't understand that. Mm -hmm. So 
so to answer your question, my challenge is how do you continue to do what you love when you might not possibly make any money as a, as a result of it? That's the answer good. is you're put here to do it. So you, you on some level, you, you, you have to figure out how to, how to do it. You find um, a way. But it's, it's a challenge and, and it's, it's a real challenge for artists just starting out. But the, the, the interesting thing is they don't know the difference. Right. So they're coming into this world going, oh, this is great. I, I, I got a million streams and, and I made five dollars. <laughs> you know, and correct. It's crazy. Right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're, you're right on point. I, I, I've seen it and, you know, I've had this conversation here on this platform thousands of times. And you reference you Elon, you know, it's mm -hmm. it's the uh, the streaming company is the car. But the musicians, the writers, we're the tire makers. So it's the car manufacturer going, well, we're just, we know we need tires to make it go. <laughs> but we're right. going to flatline the tire company. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's insane it is, is, is what it is. And I, I'm, I'm, this, the, the writer's strike that's happening right now is happening largely because of streaming. Because these writers are not getting the money that they've been used to getting for, you know, writing on a show because streaming changes the entire equation. That's correct. And the, the, the interesting thing is, you know, the, everything's gotten simpler and, and, and easy, easier to do, but yet there's less money coming. So where's the money going? Interesting. Coffers, baby. Coffers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, it, it's it, anyway, that that's the challenge. <laughs> I'll stop there. That's well, the challenge. I'm glad I asked because there's not enough. I mean, you know, there there are many people who are just grinning and bear it, bearing it, you know, just like mm -hmm. those who are singing for weddings this coming Saturday and won't be mm -hmm. asking for anything. It's just, you know, it, right. it just slides over into another category, that same exactly. mindset, you know, unless exactly. you decide that well there's there's got to be a change and i'm going to be the one that paints the slave on my face and asks for a change you know what i mean pretty much but and and again i i i think this this writer strike is going to kind of start turning people's mindsets around because the, the interesting thing is i i'm not unless something changed this morning i'm not seeing anything that that's indicating that that it's anywhere near being being resolved and it's going to be difficult to resolve because they're going to have to undo some some of the of, of the thinking that's that's in place, which is you know it's, you know these people's royalties and and them making money doesn't matter. It's just about us you know getting getting the, the content to to the public cheaper. Well, that's great, but the content creators should be paid. That's correct, and they should be paid a wage that allows them to live. Correct they call it a living wage so <laughs> um, you know it, it's it's interesting and it, you know I'll, I'll put this out and maybe at some point we'll have a part two right. okay <laughs> but you know uh even with ai and chat gpt and you know um, mm -hmm. you know some people are saying well the content is not going to be what it used to be because i can just punch up a theme in the computer and spit it out you know it's there's going to be a disruption but there's nothing like a real person with a heartbeat yeah. and a brain yeah. that will mm -hmm. bring out the creativity 
far better, I, I believe, than a programmed Absolutely. computer. So, and yeah, should be it, paid their worth. AI is is a is a whole nother animal, and hmm. it's I I think it's it's going to result in a lot of revisited conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know. <laughs> and I'm, I'm taking You're still a using somebody's likeness, you know, because uh, there is some where I can see because I, I it's just like anything else, you know, with respect to the recording studio. I mean, the recording studio itself was made very much affordable for younger producers right. and whatnot who right. actually pushed the craft a little bit further because of the availability of it. Sure. I get it. You Absolutely. But mm-hmm. but with respect to ethics and what is right for the work that you do and getting to be able, like the plumber or the electrician or the carpenter, to be paid for your service. There's just got to be some equilibrium. The interesting and and frustrating part of this business is the the general mode of operation is it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. True. That's just it's it's how it's always happened. You 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 you'll hear countless stories of people going. All of a sudden, I was driving and my songs on the radio, and I didn't even know it had been released. And blah 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 blah. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things of how does that happen? I tell you how it happens. They just decide we're just going to put it out there, and hopefully they won't pay they won't pay attention. That's right. That's what goes on. So. Yeah, there, there should be a part two, probably. Yeah, there, there will be. I, I'm, I'm going to ask for it. After we get off the air, I'll, I'll ask, please. <laughs> What's your schedule? You know, but <laughs> my, my last question for you, however, in this segment, the one that uh, yes, you've sir. agreed to be on. Is, yes, sir. I know that you've done tons of interviews uh, like this, and I appreciate your time. Uh I'm sure there was a question that you thought perhaps Jerry's going to ask me because every other podcaster or interviewer has asked me this question, yet I haven't. And that's information that you wanted to get out. And for some reason, I didn't present it to you. Can you answer Actually, that question? I, Jerry, I, I'll tell you, you have asked every question I wanted you to ask. Exactly. And and the, the answer that I gave you is the same answer I'm going to give you again. Own what you create, because nothing else will 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 will, will satisfy. I, I I can I can guarantee, owning what you create in this business is most important. And be all right with a side hustle that allows you to pursue your passion. Absolutely. A lot of times, as as you know, folks in the in this industry. We, we have seen people look down on people who, you know, maybe have a job or, you know, what you've got, you got to eat. And if you're not eating, you're not successful. I don't care what anybody tells you. Now, mind you, don't, 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 don't misunderstand me. I am all for focus on making what you want to, to, to happen, happen. But while you're focusing, make sure you have something for your, for your eye to fuel your eyes so that you can focus. And, Whatever that 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 requires, however that looks, make it happen. Absolutely, that's that's great advice. It's uh, the advice of an entree musician, and I'm so grateful sure. for the opportunity to have met you. And um, thank you know, got to give a shout out to social media because it does bring people like us together who absolutely 
absolutely. I I, I first dis discovered you when you first asked to post something in the in the indie lounge, which is which is something that Bridget Bryant and BG Machine and I created. Um, and I always, I, every time I see your post, I'm like, yep, approve it, approve it, because he's, he's dropping knowledge, approve it, approve it. <laughs> People need to understand what it takes to do what we do. And I appreciate you for, for, for helping get that message out. It's awesome. And thank you for asking me to be a part of this. I'm, I'm honored. Well, thank you for your contribution to music, which is no small feat. Um, the names that uh, we kicked out there were not just because they were, you know, banners that you could wear. These were real relationships, real work was done. And your contribution to a Celine Dion's record helps it to go where it went up the charts. So Absolutely. God bless you. I appreciate man. it. Bless you. I appreciate that. it greatly. Absolutely. Well, we'll be talking soon and, and begging for part two is, is going to happen <laughs> momentarily. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> Well, that's going to do it for this episode of The Entree Musician. Will Wheaton, you definitely check him out at willwheatonmusic.com. Go there as soon as you can. Check out his music and uh, his wonderful story. He's accessible. His website is on there. You want to hire him for a wedding, okay? Get your checkbook out, right? But he'll be ready for you, you know? My name is Jerry B. I am the Entree Musician. Don't forget to pick up the copy of The Path of the Entree Musician, Nine Keys to Unlock Your Mindset, Discipline, and Focus. Go to the website, theentreemusician.com. Come on in. The community is growing, but we have room for one more. Peace and blessings to you. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.